are back and I have mom in the studio with me this morning. Hello, mom. Good morning, Catherine. What a lovely day. Thank you for having me back. But windy today again. Again, but um, I guess this is Gordon's Bay, hey? Yes. <laughs> I think we should, I think the name Windy City's taken, eh? Um, I think that's like... That's P.E.? P.E.? <laughs> is it called P.E. anymore? Una Quebecha. Quebecha. That's it. That's yes. the one. Yes. But um, I think we're a little windier, to be fair. You know... When it's like the one nice day of the year, then they have everybody come down like, oh, yes, buy a house in Gordon's Bay. Look how beautiful the weather is. The wind is. never blows. Look at this wonderful ocean we have here. And then <laughs> you move in and it's just wind yes. all the time. Well, I told you on the weekend, you said to me you had plans on Saturday. You think you're going to chill on Friday. I said, mm. not when you live in Gordon's Bay. No. If the weather's nice on Friday, change your plans around. <laughs> you did. <laughs> yeah. Saturday Thank was miserable. goodness, because we were going to go to a, the market on, on Saturday. So we're like, oh, we won't go out on Friday. We'll go out on Saturday and we'll make a day of it. And then you said, no, 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 no. It's going to be terrible weather on Saturday. So we went out and I'm so glad we did because the sunset was so beautiful. We have had some beautiful sunsets. Oof. And another thing I noticed this morning, because, you know, I come up from the Knorrick side mm-hmm. and I come down, when the clouds are coming over the mountain like waterfalls. Yes. And if you look from your flat back up towards me, just know it's very windy. Yes. Oh, my goodness. It looks, um, it's quite intimidating when you yes. look at those clouds. We went to the, we went to Checkers, and Checkers is right underneath the mountain, and you can see the whole mountain across all the way to your side. Yes. And this side is like beautiful white fluffy clouds coming over the mountain, and as soon as you cross the end too, there's just black clouds yes. like coming over there. It's yes. so scary. Yeah, and we, we tend to get, you know, the, the rain here comes from the northern direction, a northwester, um, so the southerly doesn't bring rain. Mm. But in our instance, that wind picks up so strong, we actually get a black southeaster. Mm. So that's what happened last weekend. Uh, we were the only place that was raining, and mm. we rained all yeah, weekend. we didn't get rain, but you yeah. guys got rain, and we're like 10 minutes away. Yes, because mm. we had a black southeaster. <laughs> so today, Catherine, we yes. had a question. Uh, Mom, how do I find work? Yes. How Mom, do I, how get, do I get, a get a job? Mm. Yes. So, um, you know, the unemployment figures came out. Yes, I had a look at them, and it's a little scary. It says here that it's like 34.9% or something. It's the highest it's ever been. Yeah. And they make the statement that it's the highest unemployed figure in the world. Now, I like stats. Yes. But don't manipulate them to suit your agenda. Yeah. Okay? The highest in the the world. world. Really? I lived in Mozambique. Really? Yeah. We we are worse than them? We are worse than South Sudan? Mm. Really? Or, um... Some other random country I can't think of. (laughs) Cameroon? Papua New Guinea? Yeah. We are worse than them? So I I looked into that that statement. And you know they only surveyed 82 countries. Oh. How many countries are there? Like 195. Oh. So not even half. So you got half. half and stopped. Oh. What, did you run out of time? <laughs> they couldn't did you get run there out of because they don't have airports. <laughs> did you run out of paper? Ah. Could you not do any more division after maybe the, half? Maybe the guy who was in charge of taking the stats lost his job in that country. And then he just didn't hand them in. Half of them did now. But then don't make the statements the worst in the world. Yeah. We're 50%. Yeah, I mean, like every every year there's a statement that Cape Town is the best country in the world or the best city in the world. And then two months later, it's Cape Town is the most dangerous city in the world. You will die. Yes. Like they just or the every- most uneven. <laughs> You know, according to what? You know, so well, I was watching a documentary about um, Nigeria the other day because I'm like, I've never really done too much investigations into the rest of the countries around here. So, and um, 
so Lagos, the city of Lagos, which is their capital, they are very much like South Africa. They've got a very, very, very like impoverished side and then a very, very wealthy side. And the journalist couldn't even get into the wealthy side. They have gates and fences. Oh, wow. It's like Cape Town being cut off. So like they, Bedford View. Literally, they couldn't get in. So they, they saw him with a camera and they said, sorry, you can't come in here. You're not wealthy enough. <laughs> Tell, hello. But that's an uneven society. That's so uneven. I mean, Cape Town is not that bad. <laughs> so I had a look at who are these unemployed people, mm. you know, who are these 34%. Well, it turns out that 52.4% of them mm. don't have a matric. Okay, okay so, so uneducated, basically. Yeah, well, they, they no have partial, education. yeah, they have no tertiary education. Okay. But they don't even have a matric. Okay. So more than half don't have a matric. Um, your your highest dropout are in the grades 9, 10, and 11. Mm. And yeah, when you start getting to those grades, they start saying, well, you don't really need to go to school. You're kind of holding back the rest of the grades. Maybe academics is not for you. Yeah, I mean, I mean I, when I was at school, and we, I mean, I went to Westville Girls. I mean, it's quite a, quite a, you know, fairly good school. Especially, you know, great academic yeah, school. Yeah, great academic school. And um, I had a friend who had joined sort of late in one of the years or whatever. And they had come from somewhere else in the country and they'd come to the school and they'd just been sort of slotted into one of the classes. And it happened to be one of the sort of lower academic classes. And she was a very smart person. After that year, she went on to be like A class, B class, whatever. But she was saying how shocked she was when the principal came in and started started telling the girls you know you maybe maybe school isn't for you maybe you can go be like a hairdresser or like really giving them other options because they were too afraid that they wouldn't pass in matric so they were pushing them out already and they weren't giving them the opportunity to get better or yeah. it was insane well the thing is with with a school like that where it isn't uh, just a government school it is a uh, a mixed mm. you pay school fees and um we are talking 2014 you finished mm. the school fees were then over three and a half thousand rand a month which yeah. was quite steep at the time uh, for a government school mm. but they guaranteed that if you got into matric you would pass yeah i mean if you got into matric if they yes. didn't push you out before exactly then. and that's how they keep those numbers high because mm. how do you say to justify that kind of fees is you say if your girl comes here we will guarantee to pass mm. so a big problem with the dropouts is 12 percent drop out because of pregnancy Okay. So that is a very big dropout, a reason for dropout. Another one, of course, is, is money reasons. Mm. But if you go on and go and get a tertiary education of any kind, if uh, what are your unemployment chances? Mm. So if you are a graduate, so that's anyone who passed a university or varsity mm. college, your unemployment rate drops to 2.1. So oh, okay. think about that. You have an, um, you know, you have a 97.5% chance of finding work. If you get any tertiary education, anything, so whether that it's is a tevet or, or a, yeah, yeah. Uh, whether it's technical or um, an apprenticeship or anything that you get, your chance of unemployment drops to 7.5%. Okay. So that, you know, the statement was, oh, you know, the matric certificate means nothing, tertiary education means nothing. It means a lot. It yeah. makes a huge difference to that. So a big reason why people don't go on to study 
And the drop rate in the studies is quite big as well. And a lot of it is financial for financial reasons. Mm. So, well, um, this is sort of the whole fuel behind the fees must fall thing. Exactly. Because university fees are so expensive. Yes. Know? So if you want to go on and study, you actually need to start your prep very early. Don't wait until you finish school and then go, oh, I'd like to go and study. Mm. You need to start your prep in grade 10, maybe grade 9 already. Mm. And if you don't quite know, and at that age, sometimes you don't know what you want to yeah. do okay well, you don't you, you mean you you're how old like 15, 15. 16 that's how, right how are you supposed to figure out what you're going to do with your life exactly you know? so something that if you want to be if you're career orientated you can go on to a government website that lists scarce and rare skills um, and have a look and see if any of those professions tickle your fancy mm. and you say oh I could be interested in that mm. the moment like you land surveying yes oh my goodness they pay so much money yeah and you, so and you any just take your equipment and you go out there and you tell them it's rocks <laughs> and then they can build <laughs> <laughs> geo information is yeah, a, yeah that, I think that's a great one to to study um I saw a doctor on Monday who is an occupational in occupational health but he's a doctor and there's only four of them in the country oh, wow. so he's highly desired his his job is highly desired so um if there's something in that rare and scarce skill if you then you can make your subject choices according to that mm. and it starts lining you up mm. then there are lots of bursaries available i i spent five minutes yesterday looking at bursaries there are hundreds and we are not talking government bursaries that is a whole other thing mm. the government bursaries there are so many government bursaries um the the government offers the compensation fund offers a bursary the department of forestry Fish, fisheries and environment offer bursaries department of mineral resources department of water and sanitation the National Treasury, oh. they all offer bursaries. But you've got to look at what those criteria are for those bursaries yeah. and begin. So download that so you know, get your mom to help you, whatever. Download those so that you know what you need to do. Yeah. You can't leave it for the night before. You need X amount of hours of community service and everything like that. They need to see that. They need your marks that are certain. They need yeah. certain subject choices. Especially if you're worried about, like, while you're at school that you're not going to be able to study and go on to study afterwards. You know, while you're sitting there struggling with that, you know, that decision, you can start making those steps already to say, like, okay, well, if I start working towards this, I could potentially get a bursary. And if I don't get a bursary, well, I wouldn't have been able to study anyway. But there is a chance I can get a bursary and go on to study and better opportunities. Yes, that's correct. You know, you you just Google bursaries ZA or ZA bursaries. Mm. Um, all the companies list their bursaries there and there are hundreds of companies who list bursaries because they also want the pick of the litter. Yes, yeah. So they would like good people who would join them and then, you know, you are obliged to work for that company. So yes. it's a win-win. The You've got a job with them, yeah. Well, that's right. That's the win for you. Uh, as part of your internship to pay back the bursary, you're obliged to work for them for X amount of years mm. depending on the percentage bursary you got. But the win for them is they are guaranteed that they can pay you very little for mm. X amount of years. And so they're getting a skilled employee a skilled because individual. you're already integrated into their system, yes. essentially. Okay. So I thought in the in the, in the the next segment mm-hmm. uh, we can come back and talk about um, if you already have started a little business, mm-hmm. what are the things you need to be looking out for to get your business going? Yes. And then at the end we'll talk about if you've tried everything and you really now are stuck, mm-hmm. how do you start? Yes, yeah. I think a lot I've, of us are in that situation yeah, at the moment. Yeah. You've now matriculated and you're sitting at home, what do you do now? You you haven't got any plans to study or you've dropped out. What do you do now? Now you're stuck. Okay, perfect. 
If you want to send some questions through for us to answer throughout the show, you're more than welcome to. Our WhatsApp number is 071-233-5705. Or again, you can go and find us on Instagram, catpresents underscore ZA. I've got a little question box there um, in the stories, and you can send us some questions on there as well. I've got some more music for you now, and I'll be back in a little bit. I'm in studio with Mom this morning. Hello, Mom. Hello, Catherine. <laughs> We're talking about how to get a job and uh, the un- unemployment rates. And what are we talking about now? How? What, what's some well, tips we can do? Yes. Yeah, so if you already have a little business mm-hmm. um, and you want to now take it to the next level. Mm, okay. So you have a little business and things are okay, but you need to, to gear it up. Okay? Yes. So I have seven uh, tips for you uh, with starting your business and keeping your business going and take it to the next level. The first thing is set goals. Mm. So you want to set goals. Um, You want a target goal. You want a floor goal and a base goal. So what that means is the base goal is the minimum that you need to survive. Okay. Okay. So I need to make this much money to pay my rent and my car and feed my dog and myself. Exactly. So that is your base goal. Then your target goal would be what you'd like to achieve for for the for the month, okay, and then your breakthrough or the higher goal. So, yeah, so your, your super targets. Yes. Okay. The next thing is reverse engineer your goals. Okay. So, so <coughs> I want to be at this place. What are the steps I need to take to get there? Kind of. Yes. Thing? Okay. And also, I would like to have a Lamborghini. Mm. What is the cost of the Lamborghini? Uh, how long is it going to take? So I need to break that up into bite-sized pieces, mm. into 12 months, 9 months, 3 months. So by 3 months, I need to have X amount in place. Mm. Then I'm getting towards that. So if you're – okay, so that's a bit of a silly one with a Lamborghini. Well, okay. I mean, Lamborghini is a good example. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, Mike and Nikki, mm-hmm. uh, my brother and sister-in-law, always have vision boards and yes. I think that's very important as vision well. Vision boards are incredible. Yeah. I must say like when I was sort of sitting there I mean at my last job I, I really appreciated the job but I was really sitting in a rut and I was like I don't know what to do. I don't know like I can't sort of be here forever. I mean there's no real progression in this career I mean there's only two of us employed here and I can't be the manager so I was kind of feeling very stuck. I didn't really know what to do and a vision board really really helped me out of that. I went okay I want a house okay and eventually oh, I want a car and I want a new job and I want to this and I want to that and then once you have it all sort of displayed there and you can see it physically you can then start reverse engineering it and then you become aware of the opportunities that come into play because your mind is now going I want a house I want a house I want a, what do I do to get yes. a house you know so especially if you uh, if it's a visual um, a picture of it um, and you can see it every single day. Mm. Subconsciously, you start moving yourself in that direction. Uh, the next tip is do six things a thousand times. Don't do a thousand things six times. Mm, that's very true. Don't spread your butter too thin. thin yeah. yeah. So um, perfect that one thing. Yeah. So do six things a thousand times. Don't do a thousand yeah, things. Yeah, repeat something, six become times. good at that thing. That thing eventually becomes a, like a, a commodity because you're so good at it. Exactly. Um, Have you ever heard of the 10,000 hour rule? Mm-mm. Okay, so there is a, a rule that says that if you practice intensely uh, 10,000 hours at anything, mm. you will be able to achieve mastery in the complex skills of that whatever that is. Okay. So whether it is um, judo, 
yeah. whether it, it's something physical and yeah. so if you spend 10,000 hours so 10,000 hours if you broke that down to eight hours a day uh, five days a week so you have to give yourself two days off mm. it's 4.8 years so you say if you did something for five years yeah you'd be a master at that thing mm. so if you think so about I guess that I'm a master at retail <laughs> yes so if you think about that, what you knew then to now, yeah. it's probably about right. Five years is it, and you yeah. find that people do change careers every five years as well. Yeah. I find now with um, with sort of the youth, I suppose it's it's becoming more and more acceptable to leave after a year. People yeah. can't handle staying at a place for so long. There's no. not enough benefits. There's not enough people looking after their employees. It doesn't look good on your CV though mm. to move that quickly. In um, in South Africa, the average amount of time that someone stays in a job is five years. Mm. And that's not a bad average. But if you take places like Japan, where they build loyalty, yes. the average amount of time that someone spends in a job is 25 years. Sure. Yeah. yeah. They have, you know, because um, housing is um, such an issue in Japan and mm. in Tokyo especially, when you start a job, often you are given housing as part of the perk. Mm. And on your retirement, you get that flat. Okay. So they don't leave yes. for that. And then they start as the the office sweeper and build themselves all the way up to office manager. Okay, so the next tip is mm-hmm. create a larger vision. It's never too early in your business to create a larger vision. Yeah. Know where you're going to go to. Mm. You know, you can't have, especially if you've got some employees uh, helping you and things like that. If you don't have a route map, you know, it's like a captain who's on a ship. Without a map, they don't know where they're going. Mm. There's no rudder. Your, your employees will take the lead from you. Yeah, then you land in South America and think it's India. <laughs> the Caribbean and call them the West Indies. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. I suppose, yeah, I mean, like you can't just sort of start a business and then go, well, well, I want a business to make money because yes. that's not the goal. No. The goal is I want a business to um, to grow that business, to create a brand, to create awareness of the business, to give people jobs, to give myself the, the opportunity to live in, in abundance. But then also, what can you do with that yes. job? You can't just do it to make money. So often you can't always do what you love, mm. uh, but it can give you and it could afford you the lifestyle to do what you love. Mm. You know, uh, we had that discussion about I'd rather cry over my Mercedes-Benz <laughs> steering wheel than on a moped. Yeah. It affords you that lifestyle. Well, I mean, this is the whole thing about working a nine-to-five. A lot of people are very against working a nine-to-five. Oh, I can't sit behind a desk my whole life. Oh, here I I'd rather live and do, I'd struggle as a creative before I would sit behind a desk. And from being on the other side of being someone who sat at a desk and now being a creative, um, I always, you know, I, I, did the job that I needed to do to get the money so that I could pay for the life that I wanted to live. And in my free time then, I used my time to live and do the things that I wanted to achieve in my goals and yes. my creativity. Yeah. And working a nine-to-five gave me that opportunity to do that. And I, I, I find it very uh, off-putting when people are like, oh, well, I could never, I could never work a nine-to-five. Okay, but you're now saying to other people, don't work a nine-to-five. Working a nine-to-five is negative. Don't do that. When I think that it's incredibly positive and it can give you the opportunities to then achieve your goals. Yes. Create a little kitty in the side there that exactly. if you need to, you can chip into. And so when you want to start doing what you really want to yeah. do, you have something saved up and oh. you've created a life for yourself. I exactly. mean, 
now with being able to get a you know a nine to five with a stable salary i could then get like a, a telecom account and a my electricity account and a, you know the internet all of that and then my credit score went up significantly yes. i was then able to build that up and get a credit card and build my credit score up eventually I was able to quit my job and buy a house, yes. you know, because I'd spent that time in my nine to five working on the goals that I wanted exactly. to do. So I would never say to somebody, don't work a nine to yeah. five. I think and you a don't have to work until the day you retire. You're only no. 25. Ex- exactly. Yeah. I'm done. Yeah. And um, I, if I need to and go back and work a nine to five to you reevaluate my goals. Yeah. I've, I'm a master at retail now. Exactly. I've worked 10,000 hours, you know. So now the next thing. So there, there's seven points. We're at point five now. Okay. Um, <laughs> just to give you warning that I'm going to run out of things okay, to say. <laughs> is maintain personal engagement. Yes. Don't step too far back. Absentee uh, owners hurt their businesses. Mm. Uh, so be involved all the time. Yes. You know, yeah. and the staff also will see absenteeism as a well, they can do whatever they like. Yeah, you know? I found especially working in in retail like. Um, You've got a boss who lives in a different province who barks orders down at you constantly. And this was all the jobs that I had, not just any specific job, but they live somewhere else. They're telling you what to do, how to do it, whatever. And you're there on the battle lines, you know. You're you're doing your thing, you're selling, you're, you're involved with the actual business. In fact, you probably do much more work than anybody up at the, the big head office does. And they have no idea what's going on down there. So when they give you instructions to do specific things, you're like, that's not going to work. This is, this is your work environment. But what you're saying I should do is not going to work here. Yeah. The fact that I know more about that than you do is very scary and you lose respect for those people because you want the business to do well you're working there you're doing as best as you possibly can you're really you know being an outstanding employee but when they give you feedback or they give you instruction that doesn't fit in with the environment it creates such a huge difference and then you don't listen to them because you you are focused towards the goals of the company and when they're not involved and they're giving you instruction it's like well that it just doesn't fit in with the dynamic of this work environment so um when we were with Sign International Mm. you know Sign International although they had their various hotels there was always a head office and a corporate Mm. so we called them the seagulls because they would fly in squawk, make lots of noise, crap all over you and fly out yeah, again. Okay? Yeah, that's exactly so, what it is. Yeah, we'd be the warning the seagulls were coming in. <laughs> so the next thing is, and I think this is very important. Yes. Ignorance on fire is better than knowledge on ice. Hmm. So that's very interesting. So commitment and enthusiasm makes a huge difference. Yes, definitely. So ignorance on fire is better than knowledge on ice. Mm. It doesn't help that you've got all this information, everything, you don't do anything with it. Yeah. You've just got it on ice. And um, especially from like an employee's point of view, when you maybe are not the most skilled or maybe you don't have the most experience, but you are you're there on time, you're giving your 100%, you're putting an extra effort, you may be working an extra hour every day because the thing is not done and you want to finish it before you leave. That gets appreciated a lot more. But also, if you are from that, if you're the hardworking person from that side and you've got somebody else who's come into that environment, maybe they're a highly skilled person that they've brought in and they're paying triple the salary that you're getting. But they're, they're working the same job as you. But they're not they're using not, it. 
They're not doing anything. That knowledge on ice. You you are working 10 times harder. You're staying extra hours. They're paying you less. They're paying this person more for them doing less because they have more knowledge. That's kind of like a big slap in the face. your, Your ideal situation, of course, would be knowledge on fire yes that yeah. would be where you want to go to but that then, makes passion you need ex- passion for the, that yes and uh there's you don't there's not a lot of passion anymore because uh, i suppose because of the disconnect between the people who own the companies and the people who are running the companies the people who own the company might have passion but the people who are running it there's such a disconnect they don't share that passion anymore yes so there's no passion and there's no knowledge yeah. on fire so this is the last point mm. is do what you love and um Eventually, you'll love what you do. Mm. Okay, so your business should be working the flame and not the wax. Mm. There are people who like to work the wax. So if you look at a candle, uh, you need to keep that flame going. Mm. So in your business, work the flame, don't work the wax. There are people who like working wax. But what does that mean to work the wax? So that's the mundane things, the things okay. that you don't like doing. Okay. The filing and the doing the accounts. Mm. So surround yourself with people who do like doing those things. Mm-hmm. There are people who love doing things like I that. I love bookkeeping. Yes. It's like my favorite thing to do. So surround <laughs> yourself with people who, who, who like that. So in your business, yeah. um, you look after the flame. Yes. Keep the flame going because if the flame is if the flame goes out, the business goes yeah, out. Yeah, if you don't if the flame goes out there's nothing to do with the wax, you Exactly. Know? And be like a dog with a bone. So stick to it. There's going to be ups, there's going to be downs, there's going to be good times, there's going to be bad times. Mm. Um, change um, when you need to change. Yeah, make adapt, adapt, adapt. to it. And yeah. So don't change for the sake of changing. Yeah. If something is working, don't fix what's not broken. Yes, yeah. So if something is working, stick with it. Sometimes if things are going a little bit wrong, go back. Go old school. Look at what worked before. Mm. Maybe it's not the new thing. Maybe it's not the most modern thing. But it worked before. Perhaps it'll work again. And also it's important to keep a note of those things as well. When things are going really, really well, keep a journal. Write all that stuff down. Exactly. So when you get to a low point again, you go back and look at the 16th of December last year and what was doing so well. And you go, ah, I was actually more active on social media. I was doing this. I was exactly. doing that. I was doing more events. And this is what resulted yes. in that. And I haven't done that this year. And you know, this is why maybe it's not doing so well. Yes. We go back to doing those things. Perhaps we move forward and we go down the wrong path. Yes, yeah. And then we can't understand why. We start blaming everyone else. Yeah. Go backwards and have a look at where it was doing well and say, mm. well, maybe we should re-look at that again. Yeah. Uh, that was a great special we ran at the time. Yes. We got a lot of new traffic. We got a lot of uh, footfall came into the shop, perhaps a lot of traffic on our social media site, mm. which then resulted in a lot of... So keep trend with what's new, but you don't always have to chase the new. Yes, you know? yeah. So because, well, yeah, don't, if it's bro- don't broke, if it's not broke, don't fix it. Yeah. Exactly, yeah. exactly. Okay, um, we're going to play some music for you now, and then we'll be back in a little bit to... We'll talk we then about, about um, if you've tried everything. If you've tried everything, it, what, what to do now? Perfect. Welcome. My name is Kat Brits, and this is the Morning Blitz here on Happening Radio. And you've got us every single morning from six o'clock to eight thirty. And uh, today is Thursday, so we've got Mom in the studio today for Mom. How do I? Another unsolicited bad advice. Thank you so much for joining me this morning, Mom. It's a pleasure, or as we now have dubbed it. Friday Eve. Friday Eve. Because <laughs> you know we are the positive ones. Yes, and um, today we're talking about employment, how to get a job. We spoke about what to do if you already have a business and you want to grow it some more. And now we're talking about 
you're at home, you don't have a job, what do you do? Yes, and you don't have your matric either. And you don't have a matric, okay. Yeah. So what do you do? Now mm. you are stuck, you are unemployable. Yes. Okay. So the first thing really is you need access to the internet. Mm. Um, it's very important to look for work and things like that. And you're saying, well, how do I do that? There are, for example, in the Cape, there are a couple of places in the Cape that it is for free. I know there's one in Rabo. It's called Cape Access. Mm -hmm. So you can go there and they do free computer training courses as well. Oh, wow. So you can actually pick up a little bit of skill um, and you can also use the internet. In this Helderberg area, there are three internet cafes. So you can pop down, find out what the rates are mm -hmm. to do a little bit of work on the internet. But being computer literate is very, very important. Yes. So look around your community. If you are living at home with your parents, mm. you don't have to pay rent or buy food or anything. Use that time for volunteer work. Mm. No one's going to say no to free labor. Yes. Nobody, yeah. okay? And you're so, sitting at home anyway. You may as well do something with your time. Exactly. Yeah. So it... It serves several purposes. The first thing, it gets you into the work mode. Mm. So it teaches you um, uh, to get up and go to work, get dressed, what are you supposed to wear, how are you supposed to behave at mm -hmm. work, uh, what time are breaks and everything, how to work with other people. So it gets you into that work mode. Mm. It also builds your CV. Yes. So that's another thing with a CV. Don't just dish them out. Um, I know we get a lot of CVs where we are at the manor house, mm -hmm. and they just drop them at the gate. I don't even bother reading them. Yeah. So on your CV, keep it fairly concise. If the person wants to know more, you don't have to list this endless um, attached letters to it. Yes. Okay. Um, if you're going to, and try and hand it in in person. Mm. It's very difficult to say no to someone to their face. Yes, yeah. Very easy on email to say no. Or just not reply to the email. Or not reply. Yeah. So make it concise, make it a single page, and put your photo on it mm -hmm. so they remember what you look like. And then very briefly state where you live, what your uh, what language you speak, how old you are, do you have a driver's license, all of that's very important. Mm -hmm. And then what you've done, just yes. briefly. You know, you volunteered here, yeah, you volunteered. That also shows that you are someone who's a go-getter. Yes. Because yeah. you volunteered at a lot of places. So yeah. it helps. It if you're helps prepared to go do some work for nothing, um, even if you don't have a job, when you go get a job, that person goes, well, I can see this person is actually dedicated to wanting to work. Yes, and, and they've so got a good work ethic mm. uh, because they've pitched up every day Plus they on can time. Find those places for references as well. Exactly, yeah. exactly. So that does help, especially if you're living at home and you don't need the, the money right now. Mm. But everyone can work. As yeah. Judge Judy says, would you like fries with If you can say, would you like fries with that? You can work. You can get a job, yeah. Yes. And, um, yeah, it's also about, like, um, people have a lot of, like, pride and they don't want to go and work as, like, a, I don't know, a job that they see as lesser. Yes. But the thing is, like, if you don't have a job, anything is better than that. Exactly. You know? You've got to get that um, out of your mindset. Yeah. You know, our minister of, I don't know what he is now, I think it's a higher education, uh, Bladen Zamani. Mm. He said there should be no shame in carrying a spanner. Yeah. We are a very classist country. Yes. I think we inherit that from the British, mm. uh, that we are very classy. Yeah, if you go to a place like Australia, they don't care that you're a plumber. Yeah. They don't care that you're a labourer. You are a hard-working person who can look after their family. Mm. We tend to look down on trades yeah. in this country. And if you have a trade in this country, you're, the, the doors are wide open. Yes. You will always work if you have a trade. So if you're a plumber, electrician, there'll always be work for you. So now, there you're sitting. What do you do now? Mm. 
people are generally or inherently lazy or they don't have the time or the skill to do certain things. Mm. So you can offer a service without having to buy or sell anything. Yeah. So there's all kinds of things you can do. You can walk someone's dog. Mm-hmm. You can then have a whole lot of dogs, okay, that you're walking at the same time. You can wash someone's car. You can babysit. You can... Um, there's a lot of these things that you can do. Go shopping for yes, them. Yes, yeah. Okay? So people just don't have time. And then we spoke earlier on stand in a queue for someone. Yeah. A that lot requires of very little skill. Yeah. Text them when they're, you know, near, close to the queue. Yes. And then join so in if the person, Yes, if you're standing for the person and you, um, they give you their telephone number, obviously, mm-hmm. and you can see how fast the queue is moving mm. and they say, right, it'll take me 10 minutes to get here. Yeah. You can gauge 10 minutes away. And then you text them say, right, come now, and they pay you, and they take your place. Mm. You can then, if it's early enough, join the back of the queue for another person. So you could do that every single day. Yeah. You know, you could make yourself 100 rand a day, you know. Well, as long as the the, the, the department is open, so that's five days a week. Yes, okay? yeah. So if you, if you think about that, um, that's 500 rand a week Yeah. times 4.3. It's two and a half thousand rand a month, or two thousand one hundred a month. So, yeah. um, yes, there you can certainly make a make a living. There's nothing that you can't do. I remember my grandmother, uh, my Afrikaans grandmother. Mm-hmm. She started picking up cardboard. Mm. So um, her husband had left her, or she had left her husband. I think it was husband number four or something. Mm-hmm. And um, she had no no money, no income. They didn't have a pension or anything like that. And she started collecting cardboard mm. and then selling it to the recyclers. And then she made arrangements with businesses that on a Monday morning they would leave the cardboard outside for her mm. so it would already be flattened and everything like that. So she built relationships like that. And then she got herself a little bucky and she was able to buy, pay the second-hand bucky off um, and fix it up. And then she eventually had a truck. And then she had all these, and then she bought a farm with that money. Oh wow! Okay, so she was so, able to settle down. Yes, and it just means uh, hard work. Hard work will pay off, and there is uh, opportunity there for for you to do anything. Yeah. It start with volunteering. Look around your community. You can work in someone's garden. You can clean their house. Yeah. If you, if you know any sort of skills on anything, you can help with anything, you know? Exactly, exactly. So um, if you have access to a computer mm-hmm. and you go do a little computer course, there are online things you can do on the computer as well. Mm. So you can complete online surveys. Mm. Look, they don't pay you a lot. They pay you 50 US cents or $1. It doesn't sound like a lot, but the dollar's 15 to 1. Yeah. You could earn that an That's hour. That's a loaf of bread. Exactly. You can become a virtual assistant. Mm. You can sell household items on eBay or on Amazon. Yeah. So uh, we have a friend like that. Mm. And she cruises all the secondhand shops and the unlikely places where you don't think they sell secondhand things. So things like... um, the SPCA always has a little shop there. Yes. And um, because it's not their main form of income. They don't know the value of They don't know the it, value yeah. quite often. So places like hospice, mm. uh, you can pick up things fairly cheaply and you can negotiate with them. Yeah. And then you can sell that online or you can sell it from your house. Yeah. You know? We used to in, in Mozambique, I don't know if you remember, um, when the old people who were at home, uh, they didn't have any pensions. There was no state funding of any kind. Yeah. So they would 
fulfill a dual role. They would look after the house and they'd look after the kiddies who were at home. Mm. But outside the house uh, or outside the yard, they would have a plank on two little bricks mm-hmm. and they would sell whatever was in their house. Yes, yeah. So they'd be... Whatever they've grown or... Exactly. Mm. So they'd be one, three rolls or what they called pal, mm. uh, two mangoes, three bananas and a couple of nachis. Yeah. And as people traveled past, to work or back from work, they would buy only what they needed for that night. Mm. So they'd make a little bit of money for the person who was out working, plus they were looking after the children. They could keep an eye on the kids at home, plus they would keep. So there is, you can't say that you can't. always something that you can do. Yeah. <coughs> exactly. It uh, just comes down to whether you want to do it, you know? Exactly. Um, yeah. And uh, I think a lot of the time as well, like, mental health affects that so much and you're not motivated to do things. And yes. as soon as we start fixing that aspect of things, we'll have a lot more drive and motivation to do things in this country. Yeah. And I think, you know, as I said, if you don't have the motivation to do it, so you've got to get that drive. And and maybe money is your motivator. Mm. You know, uh, you want nice things or you want to look after your parents or, you know, so maybe that is the motivator. Find yeah. find the thing that, that um, as I said, find your passion find your yeah find even your if it's just so that your dog has food at night time you know yeah right um i'm gonna play some more music and then we've a little bit run over time so i'm gonna give you a bit of an update on the news and the weather and all of that and then we'll be back in a bit so we're um mom how do i we're doing that today and mom is in the studio with me and we got a question in from dan thank you so much for sending a question in i really really appreciate it and if you have questions for us you can send them through too on 071 but his question was with sort of where we are now um there's not a lot of retirement benefits and pension going on in your work environment anymore people just don't offer that stuff anymore and they don't tell you about it at school they don't teach you about it like when you're in university and then when you get into the working environment no one talks about your pension or your retirement fund either and it's only once you start getting very high up in the company do you then start getting offered these types of things but for young people there's no options out there for retirement benefits and um yeah, is it you know is it the fault of the employee for not knowing, for not investigating, or is it the employer's fault? You know, that's a fantastic question. It really is. I have no idea how to answer it, but it is a great question. Mm. <laughs> it, it is. It is a problem because you know what? At that age, at eighteen, nineteen, you're not thinking about retirement. You no. know, at that point, you're, you're invincible. For a job. Yes, <laughs> no, you don't think about the future that far ahead. And is it important? And if you start really early with these schemes, you can get in um, a really cheap where it's only sort of. 40, 50 rand a month, you know, mm. so, um, and, and then you get schemes where you pay um, a portion of it, and I forget what it's called, and the company pays the other portion. Yes, yeah. And then when you leave the company, you get all of that money. Mm. You can transfer it over, so it's not a pension, but it is you pay into an annuity. It's like a provident fund or something. It's, it is yeah. exactly that. Well done, Catherine. Thank you. I know. So on the <laughs> I was line. never offered one, but I know about it. So, um, you know, the older companies like Old Mutual, Sunlum, etc., they offer things like provident funds. Yeah. And so you pay a portion and the company pays a portion. Mm. And then when you leave your, your work, you get all of the money, including the company's portion that they pay to. Yeah, instead of paying you more in your salary, they contribute some of it towards, towards the, provident the Provident Fund. fund yeah. yeah. So um, you get all of that money back. And then um, the company should pay their portion, not from you. So mm. you, they pay a portion themselves. So it's not from your salary at all. You pay your portion, they pay theirs. Mm. But the day you leave, you're entitled to all that money. 
you can then use that money to perhaps you are moving provinces, you can pay for your move, but it's great if you can carry that provident fund over. Yes, yeah. And, and then, a lot of people, I think they do take it over. Yeah, but often with, yeah, you, you know, when you work for big companies like um, like Sun International and things that we did, mm. uh, it's automatic to put you on pension plans. Mm. But what often happens when you leave the company, you spend all of that pension. Yeah. Um, that's the, the big problem as well. So, yeah, so maybe we should um, get someone to talk to us about uh, provident funds. Provident funds and pension funds. But it's, oh. I think it's still very, very important to get into um, at a young age because, as you said, it is so much cheaper. Yes. I mean, like, you know, you were, you were speaking about life insurance earlier, about, yes. you know, life insurance for me is so cheap. I yes. mean, it's like, uh, what is it, like 100 bucks a month? Yeah, so bucks a month? yeah on, on the house that, you know, we've purchased the, the flat together, yeah. um, my share, because we're in, you have a bond insurance. Yeah. So if anything happens to you, um, the bond is automatically paid mm. off. If anything happens to me, the bond is automatically paid off. So I will watch you with your sharp objects <laughs> near me in the future. <laughs> but the insurance portion of that is is proportionate to your age. Yeah. So your contribution is two hundred and a month. Mine is a thousand. Yeah. Because there's more likelihood I'm going to fall in front of a bus or mm. have a heart attack. Meanwhile, like there's all these young people out there raging it up and like. Yes. <laughs> So, yeah, it, uh, your age does make a, a big difference. So the earlier you can get into these things, the, the cheaper it's going to be. Mm. Um, and, um, yeah, definitely. Where do you start looking good. for that stuff, though? You, you can know? probably start online. Mm. Yeah. Just Google it. Well, thank you, thank you, Google. <laughs> so um, yeah, I mean, if you if you're a young person listening, it's very very important to get into things like retirement plans and things. I mean, you don't want to be stuck at 65 and now you're leaving your job and you don't have a, something to look after yeah. yourself and your family. And uh, you know, SASA pensions 1,700 a month. Mm. How do you come out on that? Yeah, you know, that's even if you're both getting it. Yes. It's still how do you survive? Yeah, you can't pay for rent. And God forbid you need to go to a home because yeah. you can't, you know, you need medical yeah. attention. And then if you own your home, they punish you too. So your, uh, my friend Kathy, um, she owned her home. She managed to buy her house very early mm. when we were in KZN. And she paid it off. So when she retired, she was only on a little Sasa pension, so was her husband. But they charged them each 200 rand a month because they owned their own home. So now you're not a burden on the state yeah. because you have your own home, but you get punished for it. So it seems a bit cockeyed. Yeah, that's a bit of a yeah, a bit of a silly system here. Yeah. So yeah, it's very so important to get it very early. I thought for next week, mm. um, let's broach the subject of mom. Should I immigrate? Mm. And also at the same time, mom, is this country ever going to go the way of Zimbabwe? Yes, yeah, or, you know, other impoverished countries in this yeah, not continent. Particularly Zimbabwe <laughs> could be anywhere. But I suppose that's always the direct comparison because there are a lot of similarities between our country and the way that their country sort of went up as well. Exactly. Especially with these, like, land expropriation things that are coming in and... You see the bill was rejected? Yeah, because because I think he said that he didn't quite like the language of it, and he said that he'd rather illegally take the land than do it through the government. So when you say he, you I mean, mean Julius, Julius Malema. Malema. Okay, yes, so the man who impl- in, in, in instigated the whole thing in the first place. Yes. So the um, he rejected the bill. Yeah. So the, his argument was um, the the bill stated that there would be some sort of compensation in certain circumstances, mm. and he wanted. No, no comp- circumstances, yeah. no compensation at all. And to get a bill passed, you need a two-thirds majority. Yes, and the so, DA said no. Yes. And they and said the, no. After the last elections, the government doesn't have 
a two-thirds majority. Oh. They only ever did right in the beginning. So any time there was a danger of the constitution changing mm. was in those first five years mm. uh, when they had a 66% majority in government. They don't. It's dropped now below 50. Yes, yeah. So Yeah, a lot of provinces are now sort of yeah, being run by which other... Is a, which is also now leads to the, the scaremongering that uh, we love to do in this country mm. um, of the favourite sport that South Africans have. It's not rugby or yikske, mm. which we now know is 270 years old. <laughs> it's Mark Makar Bang. Yeah. Oh, we love that. More so than anything. So, one of the best retail shopping days in the, this country, it's Black Friday, Cyber Monday, and... And Rumour Tuesday. Rumour Tuesday. Yes. Oh, the, 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 they're going to they're gonna shut down the country, they're going to turn off the alcohol, you gotta better go buy your tins of food. Or they're going to kill you in your bed. Yeah. How to sell tins of food. Yeah. How to get people to get their passports. Yeah. You're all going to die in your bed. So, this this... Fear mongering, this rumor mongering, mm. we love doing it. We love frightening the bejesus out of each other. Yeah. We just it's our favorite, favorite sport to do. We like to do it come election time. And they don't they don't bother reading anything either. Mm. So this expropriation you just read the bill, headline and then you move on. And then you rely on your friends on Facebook to give you yeah. the correct answer. So this expropriation bill, it when you read it, it was very specific. Mm. There are certain circumstances where willing buyer, willing seller is not working. Yes. So of the original land claims, the, there was 143,000 were settled. Mm. But there are 2,000 and something land claims outstanding. Yeah. So they've closed the process and said there can be no more land claims already anymore. Yeah. They reopened urban ones because they hadn't finished dealing with District 6 yet. Yes, yeah. They're starting to deal with it now. I've yes. seen the houses going up. They've handed yeah. some over, so which is it, really nice. And they hadn't dealt with that. So they yeah. reopened the urban one. But as for any other land, it was closed. You yeah. couldn't put a claim in anymore. But the outstanding ones, the, the 2,000 outstanding ones, had to be settled. Mm. They've So they've spent 25 years arguing backwards and forwards in court, and the willing buyer, willing seller is not working anymore. So one example I know, for example, is a game farm up in Limpopo. Mm-hmm. The government is offering $20 million, but the farmer wants $200 million. So yes. there's no meeting of the minds there. So the government now has to take the next step, which is say to the farmer, if you don't accept the $20 million, we will take the land and not pay you. Yes, yeah. Okay? So that's what it, it was actually written for these 2,000 cases which they can't settle. Yeah. The next is if you need to lay new Eskom pylons, mm. there are certain pieces of land that are unused that they want to expropriate mm. without compensation so they can lay the new pipeline for fuel or for water or for electricity. Yeah. It's for services. Because no one's there. Exactly. So it literally is absent owners who have gone away or the, it's a vacant piece of land or whatever that they don't even have to compensate the municipality for. Okay. That's what the law was written for, not to come to your house and take your land away. Yes. So they've made this big fuss, but that was not what the law was about. That mm. wasn't the spirit of the law or the intention of the law. It was to get these difficult cases settled and to be able to take vacant land that was unused, for to use it for something that was more more in tune with what the government was doing. Mm. So, yeah, so maybe we'll talk about next week as well, about um, South Africans and their rumour-mongering and how much yes. they do love that so much. And uh, pump some positivity back into this land. Absolutely, because there's so many good news stories. There yep. really are, you yep. know, and we need to focus on those. And I think that we, we have a very unique perspective on this country because we spend so much time outside of it yes. in Africa, yeah. you know, and when you don't have 
doctors, you don't have a dentist, you don't have a shop that you can just you go down the street. You don't have a tar road. There's not even like a little like a little cafe shop down, like what are these things, the cafes? Where yeah, you can corner get, cafe, like, yes. They don't have those yeah. there. There's literally, there's no way you can go by airtime. And In fact, when we moved there, there was not even cell phone towers. Everyone was using radio. And there was and no was landlines. In, this was in the early 2000s. Yes. They didn't have, yeah. they didn't even have landlines. So yeah. we, we have had no a very electricity. Unique, we had no water. Yeah, yeah. yeah. exactly. Yeah. yeah. So I, I think we have a quite a very unique perspective on like how how grateful we are for this country yes and how much we have in this country and how much we have to be grateful for because we've seen what it's like how it could have gone how it could have gone you know um south africa was one of the few african countries that had a regime regime change without a war yeah you know so we had a very peaceful transition yes um pre-94 was a bit chaotic Mm. but we didn't have an actual war where your um your infrastructure is damaged. To yes, come back yeah. from that is very difficult. We saw that in Mozambique. Mm. When we got there, it was 20 years after the peace accord had been signed, and the roads were still not done. There were still yeah. no railways. So that's what we could have been. And we returned to this country very grateful, mm. very grateful for the peaceful transition and very grateful for everything we had. Yeah. Um, and then we moved from KZN to the Cape. And we and saw sure how much are we better really grateful. Uh, we still are. We've been here now four years, five yeah. years. But how grateful we are that things work. I mean, I went to Tigerberg Hospital on Monday. Mm. The renovations now are visible, and it is fantastic to yeah. see. Fantastic. So yeah, that's um, what we're going to talk about. We're going to talk about next week, week and leave and, us um, on a good, good, yeah. high, positive note. And there we are. That's top was eight. Wonderful. We are done. Time flies when you're having fun. It really does. <laughs> Right, thank you so much for listening. Um, if you wanna, yeah, if you wanna catch this conversation, we'll be, um, Mum will be back in the studio on Thursday next week for it. And um, I hope you have an amazing, amazing day further. To stay up to date with everything that's going on with the show, with me, you can go follow me on Instagram at catpresents underscore za. Otherwise, we're on Facebook as well, catpresents za. And uh, I'm out of here. Be safe, be kind, drink lots of water, and I'll see you bright and early tomorrow morning.